Hey everybody, you're listening to the How to Have Threesomes podcast. I'm Key. And I'm Lily. We've been together for seven years in a relationship style we call monogamish. This podcast is going to give you everything you need to build a stronger relationship with your partner, create healthy boundaries, and communicate honestly. We're going to help you have fun, safe, sexy adventures and have the best threesomes of your life. Ready? Here we go. You. Hey guys, the episode you're about to hear needed to be re-edited. All the guests and stories you love so much are still the same, we just needed to bleep out a few things for privacy. Before we jump into the episode today, we wanted to tell you that the How to Have Threesomes video course is now open for enrollment. We have spent years working on this project and are so, so excited to share it with you. In this course, we teach you all of our secrets for finding your ideal unicorn, from navigating dating apps and play parties to forming connections with friends and with professionals. Regardless of your experience level, this video course is full of actionable tips, tricks, and worksheets, like the needs list, kinky questionnaire, and what makes a high-converting Tinder bio. We show you how to express your deepest desires without destroying a relationship, plus how to maintain excitement with your partner. If you want to have the best threesomes of your life, this is the video course for you. We are now also offering coaching for people who want that individual attention. Some of the best money we ever spent was on a professional to help guide us through our challenging times. And not every therapist is trained to navigate non-monogamy, so if you and your partner want some extra support in these tricky situations, we're here for you guys. Another thing that we're offering is a sexy getaway. Come and spend a week with us on a tropical island. We're going to take you on some amazing experiences like hiking waterfalls, partner acro, fire dancing, and some crazy party nights. We've also teamed up with experts to bring you workshops in Tantra, Shibari, trust building, and pickup. Plus, personalized photo shoots to show off the best version of yourself online. By the end of the retreat, you'll be more confident, have a better connection with your partner, and a deeper understanding of your desires. This retreat will be a bunch of wild and sexy times, and we're stoked to bring you guys out here. We're offering the video course and the coaching on teachable.com. If you want more details about the couples retreat, we have a form you can fill out. All the links will be available in the show notes or on the How to Have Threesomes Instagram. You guys are also welcome to reach out to us directly for coaching or anything else you might need. This is How to Have Threesomes Podcast. I'm and I'm Today we're going to talk about Tinder and dating apps. Do, Mainly just do, Tinder. Do. <laughs> the big one. The big, the capital T, Tinder. There are other threesome dating apps like Field and Threesomer, but as far as I'm concerned and as far as we have personally found, Tinder has... The um, most people. Yeah. The so, widest variety of um, fishes in the sea, shall we say. Yeah, another good app is Bumble as well. And I love Bumble because the woman is the one who initiates it. But the only thing with Bumble is that I've, we've been banned quite a few times. <laughs> and we've been banned really quickly. We've also been banned from Tinder, but we were banned in Vietnam where it's more of a conservative culture. And I think it was mainly our pictures. I think we got like flagged a couple of times for our pictures. We kind of had like nude pictures. They weren't nude. They were like... Semi-nude-ish. There was like one type, kind of like boudoir picture. Like she was in a suit and I was just in like this kind of like nice lingerie and like stockings or whatever. But it wasn't like a crude photo. Like on any American profile, it would be totally fine. But because little Vietnamese girls were seeing it, they kind of freaked out and flagged us. And we got banned, but alas... The first time that our Tinder got banned, we were actually really upset because we had so many matches. We had made it maybe a year on our first account, um, and nothing was explicit or wrong, but I guess enough people had been uncomfortable or hadn't seen that type of thing before, and they flagged us, and we ended up losing all of these matches we'd made for a lot of people that we'd been talking to, potentially for months, who were in other parts of the world that we'd traveled to, or just people we'd become really good friends with, but we'd never gotten their actual social medias. So when that account got lost, we lost all of those connections. Um, and also just having to rewrite our bio and take new pictures and stuff as well. It was, uh, yeah, it was kind of sad for us, but I think that's kind of the life. If you're going to be a couple on Tinder, you have to be aware that you might get taken down. 
Yeah, I mean, we'll go into the setup in a bit, but I think one thing that you should always do is that if you write a killer bio and the emojis are on fleek and your grammar is good, copy that bio into like a locked note on your phone and just have it somewhere separate so that if or when more likely the account gets taken down, you can easily start up again um, from where you left off. If you save your bio, you're able to try different versions of it. I know that we've had different successes with different wordings of what we're trying to say. Sometimes we put it in a more sexual context, like we're looking for people to have sex with. And then other times we make it as more of a friendship thing, like we're looking for people to adventure with or take photos with. And we'll kind of put it in there as an afterthought. If we like you, then maybe it'll turn into more. So both are different ways to approach this and like you'll get different people. And occasionally when we have like a hotel gig or something where we need extra models, uh, Ricky will change the bio to kind of a more professional photographer thing where we're really just looking for girls who are down to shoot with us. And then every once in a while we forget to like change it back for a while or we have this awkward moment where we change it back to the regular uh, bio and girls who matched with us thinking that we were photographers suddenly read this totally separate bio and they're like, what the fuck? Um, and we're like, sorry, like not your fault. Like you can totally back out. Like we were just needing uh, models for a weekend. Um, so make sure that you are accurate and that if you change it for a gig or depending on location, uh, just always be updating it to what you're actually looking for at that moment. So we have tried making accounts from both sides of this, meaning setting up an account from my Facebook, which is primarily a female account looking for other girls. And we've tried setting up as a male account from Facebook looking for girls. Um, we've never had an account looking for men on either side, just because that's not what we're interested in right now. Although. I have a feeling that these rules wouldn't necessarily apply because the guys are usually down for everything. That being said, when we tried the account from my side, so I'm a girl who happens to have a boyfriend looking for other girls. Um, the people that were on at the time, I think we were in Montreal and this was like over two years ago. So maybe Tinder has broadened uh, its, its audience now, um, but they were more like hardcore lesbians, girls who were more on the app looking for a loving partner um, and usually girls that had no interest in being around a man or a penis whatsoever like I have personally found that it's a lot easier um, or more likely to convince a straight girl to hook up with another girl or to like experiment or have some fun on the side than to convince a girl who knows she's not interested in men to do something with a man um, and given there are bisexual girls on both sides of that platform I just know that for what I was looking for at the time uh, which tended to be more kind of feminine, young, like girly people who were going to really appreciate um, and the masculine energy that he brought to that situation. Looking for a girl-on-girl -girl profile didn't really, um, didn't do the trick, shall we say. So that is my personal bet, is that you're more likely to find a, a girl from your boyfriend or husband's <laughs> Tinder account. But you can experiment from both sides, right? Like see what turns up, see how different uh, the responses are. We should also specify just right here, it's really important to talk to your partner about this before you go about it. Oh my goodness. I, I'm not gonna name names, but if you were to listen to a podcast episode where a couple said that they were honest with each other and then halfway through we discovered that they were not being honest about the Tinder account one of them was holding, you'll know that it's a little awkward. Don't do that, right? If you are even remotely somewhat, maybe possibly interested about someday having a threesome, so you decide you're gonna make a Tinder account and not tell your partner because it's not relevant yet, or it hasn't really become a thing yet, just tell your partner. Don't create a mess for yourself because 
as I've seen it go down before, you could be doing something completely harmless, right? You're not even talking to anyone. You're just flirting with the idea of looking at other people's pictures. And if your partner finds out on your phone or has a notification pop up, they might think you're cheating on them, right? They could be really, really hurt. So don't hide things. Don't be sneaky. Just be like, hey, I don't even know if this is something I'm interested in yet, but I'm going to make a Tinder account. Is that okay with you? Do you want to look at it together? What are you comfortable with? So first off, before you even do the Tinder, talk with your partner. It's really fucking important. So once you have a Tinder, you have to figure out who's going to do what. In the beginning, she did everything. She did the swiping, the talking, the this, that. I think she wanted the control over the situation. It's too much effort. But Ladies, yeah. it is too much freaking effort. I mean, if I mean, right now we're all like in quarantine if you're listening to this like live. Um, so maybe you do have all day to sit around on the couch and dream about greener pastures. Um, but when we were training and doing circus stuff, I didn't have time to talk to like 30 girls at a time and figure out schedules and meet up points and find pictures and tell all of them his life story in like a copy and paste text. Um, also for girls <laughs> who go onto Tinder on their boyfriend's account, just realize it's not the same as a girl looking for guys. Like girls looking for guys have a <laughs> lot of yeses. But when you're a couple looking for a girl, you have to go through a lot of no's before you find a yes. Yeah, that's true. I've seen female friends of mine, and again, I've never used dating apps looking for guys, so I don't know this firsthand, but I've seen that when my female friends are using dating apps, pretty much every other person they swipe on is a match. Like, guys are just horny things, and they like sex, and I'm not putting men down. I'm just saying y'all tend to be a little more, uh, what's the word? Eager. Men tend to be a little bit more opportunistic, uh, you know, like it might not be their type, but it moves and it's human and they'll go for it. Um, but yeah, definitely as a, <laughs> as from a man's account, girls are a lot pickier and thank God they are. Um, but just be aware that you're probably not going to find your ideal person in the first day and that it's going to take a lot of work. And even when you match with people, they might just be doing it out of curiosity because they've never heard of such a thing and they just want to see if you're real and ask you some weird questions and then they disappear. And that's totally normal. I'd say like 50% or maybe even more, like 60 to 70% of the people we match with, we never end up talking to. You have to end up going through quite a few people before you match with someone. Yeah. And especially someone you like. <laughs> yeah, like I'm trying to think. And right now, right, we're in and most people have been shipped off the island. So it's very sparse pickings right here. But when we were in Montreal and we were matching with God, I don't even know what, like 25 people a week, 30, like probably more than 30 people a week and like decently hot people because I'm just, I mean, Montreal is full of very pretty kind of Frenchy Quebecer people. Um, <laughs> Montreal was great for threesomes. Yeah, Montreal was really good for threesomes. Everyone go to Montreal. Maybe that's our fucking, our tip of the entire episode. Go to Montreal, go to European countries where there's lots of young college students who are open sexually and like drinking and yeah. partying and they like circus and, and the, <laughs> the area really does matter like where you are in the world has a huge impact on how many matches you'll get and who you match with like when we were in vietnam literally they never have threesomes and it was like a super crazy thing for them to think about so we swiped hundreds of people and only got like one or two matches and they're probably just prostitutes oh so, they were no they were though they'd like send us their price sheet and like <laughs> yeah so, which by the way we did not indulge i'm not down for that type of thing uh, not happening. We were just curious. We were actually doing it as like an experiment to see what would happen, not because I'm particularly into culturally conservative Vietnamese girls, although that might be a thing for someone out there. But yeah, depending where you are in the world makes a big difference. In Montreal, in Canada, anywhere in Canada, we've had really, really good success. Uh, in LA, I don't know. It's, it's like hit or miss. 
when we were in New York City, it oh, was crazy. It was like brutal. We we matched a lot of people, but they had a really particular Tinder style, and their Tinder style was that you had to make things happen right then and there. Like the first message had to be like, "All right, we're gonna meet up on Friday. Let's do this." Like yeah. and girls just like, wanted to meet up within like forty eight hours of matching you, or they didn't have time. Their schedules are moving. They got places to be, things to do. Like New York was so get to the point. When we were like, oh, like, do you want to meet up to get to know each other? They would just delete us and move on. I was like, oh, okay, this is not about personality. This is just trying to get your needs met. And at the same time, we've also talked with a lot of people who have come from smaller towns and they don't have a lot of options. And I would almost recommend going to a bigger city. Yeah, like make a vacation of it. Go have a threesome adventure in whatever biggest city is within a couple hours of you. Or go on a trip down to Mexico to like a couple's retreat and like get your freak on. Like whatever it is, just know that even if you feel like you are in a very, very small pond with not many options, there is a big old world out there and this is becoming a lot more common and popular and open. Um, so your people are there, you just need to be patient and be very clear with the universe about what you're looking for. So now let's get to the nitty gritty of it. We're making an account. Do you show your face or no? <sighs> Me and personally have a very vulnerable, open style of having threesomes, obviously because we have a podcast and we kind of <laughs> you like... You know our real names, you've seen yeah. what we eat for breakfast. That's our style and I feel like we have a lot of success in that, is that people trust us straight away. They're like, oh, this is a real couple, I can check out their Instagram. We actually have our Instagram linked in our bio um, because it's interesting. People like to go back and see like, what is this couple about? And then they kind of get to check out our lifestyle before they commit to anything. That's what works for us, but I know that's not the case for a lot of people and a lot of people want to keep it private. Yeah, I think this is a hard question, and I get asked a lot, right? It's like, oh, what types of pictures? Um, or I think there was a couple I was just speaking to recently, hey, if you're listening, where they didn't want to show their faces or anything about them. Uh, so instead, she posted a picture of her dog and wrote a bio um, that said, you know, if you're interested in sleeping with a couple, you know, message us, and once we talk, then we'll trade pictures, which is an option, right? And that gives you maximum security. Um, but... I would also say that will give you the lowest return, uh, partly because people on Tinder, right, you have an average of three seconds to catch someone's attention. If your pictures are blurry or dark or your bio is difficult to read, people just don't have the time, right? You're, you're just, you're gone. They've dumped you already. Um, so if they have to read your bio and text you and wait a week to even see what you look like, that's a big commitment for them. I would always recommend, personally, that you show your face and your partner's face because A, people like faces, they get to actually know you, but also if you are talking with someone for a week or two weeks and you get along really well and then they see your face and they don't like your face, you've just wasted a lot of your time and theirs. So it kind of can, uh, you know, and not just your face, your body, right? Like just be honest about what you're offering and who you are so that people can be really clear about why they're matching with you. I know this can be really scary for a lot of people to show your face <laughs> on a dating profile where maybe you don't want people around you to know. Um, and I understand that that can be hard, especially for people who live in smaller towns. That's one of the messages I've been getting a lot this week and good for you guys on like going out there and making stuff happen. Uh, yeah, that's really hard for me because clearly I've chosen the route that if you are a consenting adult, you should be able to do whatever the hell you like in the bedroom and it's kind of nobody else's business, right? If your neighbor down the street, sees you on Tinder and screenshots it and, you know, confronts you about it. Like, that's none of their fucking business. Like, you should live your life and they're probably just jealous. If you really, really don't want to show your face, if you're worried about losing your job or your actual safety, I would recommend at least showing your bodies. And you can change your name, right? If your name is Andrew, make your name Chris. Like, I don't, I don't care what your name is. 
But try and, you know, have a nice picture of, you know, you and your partner maybe at a party where you were dressed up and you were maybe in a suit and she's in a dress and you can just crop it at the headline and then promise to send pictures as soon as possible. People can at least see that, like, you're clean and you have a good sense of style and maybe you, like, have a life and you don't just, like, live in a hole in the ground. Yeah, another way to make sure that people don't recognize you is to use photos that are not on your Facebook or your Instagram. Like, take a fresh new set of photos for your Tinder. And also, sexier photos are nice too because girls kind of want to see what they're going to get themselves into. They want to see that you guys have that connection, whether it's sexy or whether it's through like that beautiful love connection that you have. You want to kind of show that as much as you can in your photos. Yeah, like pictures of people traveling are great or pictures of you, you know, playing with your dog. I would keep that to a minimum of, <laughs> or a maximum rather, of one picture. Do not just have like 12 photos of you holding your dog. Like, Dogs are cute, it's not particularly sexy, and it makes me wonder if there's gonna be like dog hair all over your bed. Um, <laughs> I would try to include, I mean, I know this sounds obvious to some people, like a dating app should show the highlight reel of your life. It's the fact that, look, we have friends, look, we went, you know, parasailing in Mexico. This is a life that you could be a part of potentially, right? Or we're in nice clothes. I would definitely stay away from like really risque, lingerie kind of crude shots because not only will that maybe get you banned from tinder but it can freak a lot of people out but be dressed up look nice look like you smell good look like you're happy and in love there should be pictures of you guys together or kissing or, or hugging or something that looks intimate that people want to be a part of that wonderful sandwich don't look like you hate your partner because no one wants to get in the middle of that that's awkward so the next question we have here is should we link our profile or not what Honestly, does that mean? What does that mean, Ricky? Link your Facebook or link your Instagram through your Tinder account. So again, I think this ties in directly to whether or not you show your face, which is the more information people can get about you, the higher the chances that they're actually going to want to stick around, right? If someone clicks on your page and they can actually, you know, click through your Instagram and kind of see what your life is about and feel like you're a real person that they feel safe opening up to, you're going to have a way higher conversion rate. But obviously a lot of people are nervous about that. Um, and they don't really want to open up in that way. <sighs> I don't know. That one's tricky. I'm for, more of a for me, the profile don't give doesn't, a fuck, but... The profile doesn't fine. matter as much to me, personally. I don't think that it... Like, if you have a great Instagram, then that's just extra bonus points. Like, yeah. we, we, have, we put a lot of time into our Instagram, and we... It's, it's a piece of art, I feel like, for both of us. We share, like, really amazing photos, and we're photographers, and we like to travel, and, like... Our lifestyle is kind of what makes us money as well. Like we definitely have Instagram sponsors. So that's something that we're really proud of and we know will get us further ahead. But if you don't have an amazing Instagram, there's yeah. no need to link it. Like okay. don't even I, link I it. I totally take back the exasperated tone I had a minute ago because I genuinely forgot for a minute that not everyone lives through their Instagram the way I do. Right. If your Instagram only has five pictures of you fishing from a couple of years ago, do not link that. Right. If this is just like recipes of you baking cookies, do not post that. Um, if it's decent and something that you actually think would help someone be attracted to you, uh, then obviously give all the goods that you have. But yeah, yeah. Don't, don't link things that make you look sloppy or messy. Um, you want to come across as your best self, whatever that means. Yeah. And this kind of links into the next subject, which is what do you write in your bio? And one of the first things that we say is we're circus artists. And Cirque du Soleil. Yeah, and, and that's an amazing thing, you know? Like, we talk about what we're good at. So whatever you are amazing at, whatever you love, your passions, your hobbies, make that very clear. Yeah, like, our bio, we try and keep it really fun because, obviously, we are looking for friends, too. So we mention, you know, Circus Lay Acrobats, we're fire dancers, we go to Burning Man, we like dancing, we're photographers, cliff jumping, you know? Like, we want to do fun things. We're not just going to go be like, oh, let's eat some pasta and, you know, be boring. Like, we want to take you and jump off waterfalls and, like, 
go have a fucking epic time before it even comes on the table whether or not that this is something we want to engage in together. Not that eating pasta is bad. I definitely think going on, on a dinner date is great. Like a lot of girls actually really enjoy like being like, hey, let's go out for a drink first or let's go grab food. Like that's a really good yeah, first date. Yeah, but it date, shouldn't be the only thing you do. Like if you have matched with a potential Tinder partner um, and you want to get to know them, I would highly recommend you do something other than like, here, let's give ourselves one hour where half the time we're eating food, sitting at a table and try and judge each other's personalities. Like, I, uh, I don't so know. I would say another route to go there, if you don't have a bunch of interesting things that you do, talk about the connection that you have with your partner. Make that be the reason that they go. Be like, this is my girlfriend. I love her. We have, you know, we've been together for a couple of years. We have a great connection and we're just looking for someone else to share our bed or something like that. Something where you're talking about the connection you have or the good pieces that you have. Because in the end, you're trying to sell yourself to these people in a way. And mm -hmm. you want them to think that you're sexy and that you want them to be a part of your life. So you have to make your life sound as interesting as possible in as short a time as possible. Right. And I'm not saying that everyone has to be fire dancing on clifftops. But right, if you're a really good cook, if you love cooking and you're passionate about being in the kitchen, put that in your bio, right? Like, I'd love you know, to meet someone special and make you a great dinner and, you know, we can go to this really cool vineyard by my house or, you know, there's a really cool roller skating rink by my house. We can go out for like, you know, the 70s disco night, whatever it is, just do something that's fun and that people, I, I mean, honestly, you should give them an opportunity that you would give a close friend, right? This isn't just someone that you're trying to have sex with, but if it's an activity that you wouldn't go and actually enjoy with a close friend, it's probably not something your Tinder date wants to do either. Also, another thing that really makes a difference is that first date. Don't think like, oh, in a week's time, we'll go and do something fun. No, no, no. Your first date has to be like the shining jewel, like the best day you'll it's ever all have. all or nothing. Yeah, you have to go all or nothing on that first date. Make sure that it's something that they remember and that they want to do again. That you shaved your legs, if that's your thing. That you looked nice. That you weren't hung over. Seriously, people, like, put in some effort. <laughs> I love you, but some of the stories I've been getting recently about your first encounters are making me a little bit sad. You gotta, you gotta want it and act like you want it, and then the people feel valuable, and that you are valuable in return, and that it's something they're willing to put in work um, for, and that they will respect your relationship more, too. The next thing we should talk about is what is the first line that you use, or the first thing that you say to a girl on Tinder? The virtual first pickup line. Okay, I will make a deal with you guys right now. If you will leave... <laughs> Any type of rating for this podcast. It doesn't have to be a review, although those are greatly appreciated. But if you could just leave like a star rating, doesn't have your name attached, it's totally anonymous, but it really helps us out in finding other people. If you will give us any type of rating and screenshot it and DM it to us, I will send you a screenshot of our exact Tinder bio, of the pictures that we have on it, of what we say, of <laughs> what we're offering people, um, because we've wanted to share it with you for a long time, but I also feel like it's not something that I necessarily just want to put out in the world to anyone, like for my family to come across or like, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, if, if it's something you want. It's a good profile too. Like we've played <laughs> with a lot of different words and the words that we've found to use are really good. Like they just, they hit the mark for us. We get a high turnover rate. So if you want to see it, send me, send me that DM, slide in that DM uh, and I will send you one right back. Okay. So the first line, the first line that we use is just a copy and paste thing. And one thing that I've noticed that kind of catches people's attention better is when I use their name in it. So I'm like, hey, Christina, and then I have our first line. So it's copy and paste, but I take the time to put in their actual first name. 
and it makes it feel a little bit more intimate and personable, but it's not like, it's not going to take up a huge amount of my time. Yeah. One of the lines that we say almost immediately or within the first couple messages is, Hey, have you read our profile? Right? Because sometimes people have only seen the very first picture, which is like this hot picture of Ricky and they swipe yes. And then they don't check out anything else until they're talking to him. So it's really important that we go, Hey, have you realized that we're a couple? Have you realized what we're looking for and what we do? Um, and most of the time they go, yes, of course I have. You guys seem awesome. I really want to meet you. But every once in a while there's a person who goes, oh God, I had no idea. I'm so sorry. Like not interested. And we're like, that's fine. No worries. Um, but <laughs> you should definitely make sure before you waste anyone's time that they know what you're offering and that they are indeed interested. The second message is where things get interesting. The first one is just a copy and paste. You're trying to see if they're even going to write back to you. And the second one, you kind of get more personable and you try and figure out a time that you can maybe meet up or try to get to know them better. Once we've gotten to know a girl on Tinder and it seems like it's gonna be a reality that we actually meet up with her, then I'll give it to and I'll be like, hey babe, this girl's interested. Is there any time this week that you'd wanna meet up with her? Is there anything fun we could do with her? And that's when I go and I creep on all their photos and I trade socials and I like get some basic information on them to see if we're a good fit um, past the first kind of filter of questions. And then we'll set a time to meet. We try and meet people as soon as possible, again, it's all about efficiency. I don't want to waste anyone's time. Um, so yeah, within the first couple messages, it's like, do you know who we are? Do I know who you are? Do you want to meet up, right? And it can be, we're going surfing on Sunday, or we have a photo shoot at this hotel if you want to come and hang out, or we're doing acro with some friends on the beach. Um, it's nice to invite them to places with other friends too, because then it doesn't feel like, oh shit, like if they want to back out, then they can't back out. It makes it feel like, hey, we're doing something with a group. Like we have a bunch of friends coming over for a barbecue or something like that. And it makes it feel a little bit less forceful. It makes them feel like they have the opportunity to back out. It makes you feel like you have the opportunity to back out. Yeah, I know this can be hard right now because a lot of public venues are closed, but please don't pull the like, oh, I want to get to know you. Come to my basement to watch a movie alone at night. Like that is a little terrifying, especially if a girl has never done this before, you know? It's a lot better to be like, oh, you have a cute dog? I have a cute dog. Let's go to the dog park for a bit and like hang out and we can, you know, whatever the fuck you want to do. But have people around preferably during the day so you can actually see what they look like by the way like i'm just saying i'm just saying if you meet them in like a dark restaurant with nice lighting sometimes you see them in sunlight and you're like oh oh hmm interesting and just <laughs> i don't know doesn't care so much he's a very kind-hearted soft person but i want to know what you actually look like yeah, it's I, important i feel like the majority of the people that we meet up with, we never even end up having sex with. We just end up becoming friends with them and going and having a good time and that's it. Or, or. Or <laughs> runs away. No, I don't run away. I politely tell them to leave my house. <laughs> um, something that happened a while back that I just still find hilarious because essentially got like booty called almost. Uh, we matched this girl on Tinder. We hung out with a couple of her friends that night. None of them were my taste. A bunch of them ended up getting drunk and like they were throwing up. It was just messy. They were like young partiers. Um, and one of the girls like had her titties out in the pool and was like making eyes at And he wasn't really feeling it. And he politely told her the next day like, oh, it was lovely meeting you. We're happy to be friends, but like not in a sexual way. And she never wanted to see him again. <laughs> like he was literally offering. He's like, hey, like we can travel Bali together and like go to parties and be friends. And she was like, no. She wanted the dick or nothing. So she gets nothing. Um, and that will happen sometimes too, right? Like not everyone wants a million new friends. If they're looking to get 
their sexual needs met and you are not there to fulfill it, maybe they're not interested. Um, and don't take it personally. Something that loves to do is invite multiple Tinder girls to one meeting. Yeah, I'm that person. <laughs> it sounds like it wouldn't be a good idea. You're like, that's gonna clash if there's like five people who want to have sex with you and it's like not gonna work out. But it actually works really well. They kind of like fight over you. They in compete a way. with each other. It's way less awkward, and they all actually feel safer, right? Because instead of going, oh god, I'm maybe gonna have my first threesome. Like I can't tell anyone it's a secret, and they get there and they realize that everyone at the table is there for the exact same thing, and they go, oh well, first off, this feels normalized. Second off all of a sudden they actually want it more, so they're willing to try harder. Not that you always want people fighting over you, but it doesn't hurt, you know. There was this one time that we invited three Tinder girls to the same date, and one of them had two friends, and it seemed like both of them were down as well, and the other girl had another friend, and like there was like five or six girls who ended up coming to this date, and- Which time was that? At the pool. Oh my God. Oh my God, yeah, okay. And pretty much- <laughs> like a sevensome or something like they there were, were a lot down. of people there were a lot of interested females and i was and we said no i was, to I was not feeling that day. ricky probably <laughs> would have done it with almost any one of them but i was just kind of hungry and i was like yeah not today like did the i'm on my period card yeah i literally think i might have done it because one of the girls was i, I don't want to say pushy but she was like had somehow gotten back to like our house but with a group of friends and like thought she was staying the night and was like kind of trying to come up to the room and I was like no like I'm sick like good night and she was like the fuck to take her home uh, so I don't know it kind of sounds horrible when I say it that way but I um I'm always down to hang out with people and like have a good day but if I'm not feeling it I'm not gonna lie about it like I'm not here to fake anything so the last thing we need to bring up is scams and people trying to get nude photos from you. And this has happened a couple of times with us. I've never sent a dick pic to anyone, though. In his entire life. No dicky pictures from the dicky. Yeah. <laughs> I've never actually even taken one. Julia's taken some of me when I wasn't aware that I was getting photographed. That's true. <laughs> and she sent them to other people, but I have never personally sent a dick pic. So I don't know, that's uh, not something that we've ever had an issue with because we don't really send pictures like that. We've never yeah. had that issue, but we have had people call us or talk to us that have had that issue and they ask how to avoid it. Okay, so I'd like to start with two things. One is do not send explicit pictures of yourself to someone that you do not trust or that you do not know, obviously. Like this should be a no brainer. That being said, if there's someone you really like and you trust them and maybe you've even met them in person a couple times and you want to send them a sexy picture, do not have your face in the picture, right? I don't care if shit falls through the floor with them in six months and they're angry or if you end up being a couple for years and then you break up. Having photos like that of yourself that you're not in control of is really dangerous. Those things can never be taken down. It's just common sense. Like if you want to send a booty picture to someone, Live your best life, like send them the booty, but don't have it be the booty with your face in the mirror. Like just, you know, send them a nice selfie and then a booty picture separate. Don't let that shit be connected. Yeah, and this is all talking about people online because if we have a connection with someone, if we've like already been sleeping with them for months or something, this is a completely different scenario. Yeah. But we're talking about people that you meet online or the people that you haven't actually met in person. That's a completely different story and I would definitely just be super wary about them asking for that. Yeah, so as for the blackmail thing, um, one of the couples we were talking to, and I'm sure you guys are here tonight because you're 
Very loyal, so hey, what's up? Uh, were telling us about how, especially in some smaller towns or the more, like, central region of America, how there's a lot of freaky fucking people who go out and try and blackmail couples. Like, they have something against the idea of a marriage being open, and they'll try and get explicit pictures of people and then blackmail them, which is, again, another reason why you should never send pictures to people you don't know. But one of my favorite um, <laughs> or most effective ways to make sure that someone's not catfishing you, right? If you think you're talking to a young 25-year-old blonde named Emily, um, be like, hey, Emily, before we keep talking, can I see a picture of you holding a fork or you know, with a smiley face that you just drew on your hand? Um, because chances are, if blonde little Emily is actually a 50-year-old dude in his mother's basement, he cannot come up with that type of picture, right? You just come up with something that is actually original, not just like giving me a thumbs up because they might be able to actually find that picture of whoever they're using to catfish you, but just be or smart. Write our name on your hand or something. Yeah, like you know, write our, hi, written on a piece of paper and hold it up and and just make sure that you're, <laughs> who you're talking to is actually a real person um, and that they don't mean you ill intent. That's never happened to us, thank God, but I think we're also in more liberal parts of the world where people like just want to have a good time and free love and go party. But um, if you're worried about that, be smart. Also, blackmailing is super illegal as well. So just know that if someone tries to blackmail you, you definitely have some You can take rights. them to court. Yes. screenshot that shit and sue them and get some money and go shopping at least in america and canada it's a little bit different here and yeah i don't i don't th i don't think has laws like that um but if you're in america and someone is threatening you with whatever just take them to court the american way to summarize this episode tinder is my personal favorite way of meeting people it cuts through a lot of the bullshit if someone is matched with you they know exactly what you look like and what they're um interested in which is important uh, I have people ask me sometimes, you know, oh, we don't want people to find us online. Shouldn't we just go to the bar and, and try our, our chances? And I say, you're more than welcome to. However, I think it's unlikely for most people that you can walk into a bar and just kind of cold call someone. You see a random girl drinking at the bar and you go, hi, do you want to have sex with me and my husband? And they'll say yes. And A, they're not fucking psycho. B, they're not a hooker. And also you're not going to like get AIDS or something else like I, maybe I'm just being picky about this, but if you actually find someone who's down to fuck you on the first night, a random in a bar, they've probably also been down to fuck a lot of other people, which maybe then isn't the safest or cleanest or mentally healthiest thing you can do. So if you really want to stay away from the online world for whatever reason, just know that you're going to have to put in a lot more time and effort and rejection and like screening out the crazies. Um, so it's a possibility, but I think your best lucks will be with um, the virtual world and covering your faces and just being direct and being honest with people. Yeah, another place to meet people as well, just since we're on that topic, is going to sex clubs or oh, finding sexual events too. That's because a that's whole a great other people. episode. Yeah, Do, if you guys want an episode on that, let us know. We'll do an episode on sex clubs and swinger parties and all the things that happen around the world and here in You know, if you're interested. Okay, guys. Well, I think that's everything to do with Tinder, right? We went over the setup, the bio, the consent, messaging with people, not getting blackmailed. Um, if there's anything else you'd like to know, as always, feel free to message us. You can write to the uh, How to Have Threesomes Instagram page. We always love hearing from you guys. And if you want that very, very sweet and juicy Tinder bio, send us that rating. And we love you forever. Thanks, guys. Bye. <laughs> you.